This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey, everyone. So as you're watching or listening to this, Dune will be released in less than one week in the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, China, uh, dozens of other countries. Uh, so yeah, we'll have the opportunity to to, uh, to watch the movie or in some cases, uh, re-watch the movie. So it's uh, re really exciting, uh, going to be a, yeah, a great time. Excited to see like the reactions of, uh, of all the people in the North America, South America, other countries that are that are coming out. And uh, yeah, let, let's uh, also mention like there are some countries that will have to be, wait a bit longer, including Australia. So our thoughts go out to all of you there. Like uh, hopefully we can uh, yeah keep uh, keep you entertained a bit with with this show and with the other covers that we're going to be doing uh, even after the movie comes out. Um, so this is uh, Marcus Gabriel for uh, uh, DuneNewsNow.com here with Garen. It's Garen Granada uh, at um, DuneCompanion.com on Twitter. So come join me there. But uh, I'm filled with jealousy. I'm just going to say right off the top of, my, <laughs> top of the bat, but I'm going to be composed and I'm going to be respectful. So <laughs> some of us got a gift and some of us didn't, but it's about a week and a few days away. So I'll, I'll make it. That is very, very true. This is Johnny Sobchak. Um, and yeah, there, there's someone, someone amongst us uh, has something to talk about, but I'm just, yeah, counting the, counting the days, but not trying to focus too much on it. Um, it is right around the corner, so really not much waiting left at all to do, and that's the, the good news. Simon Dowdy here. I am not the someone. <laughs> I wonder who it could be. Um, I'm jealous, very jealous, but less than a week from the time this shows up. So let's talk, boys. Yeah, so let's uh, just go straight into it. We're getting into some movie news. Dune movie news. Marcus, how's your week going? Well, you want to uh, talk about the sand warm in the room? <laughs> yeah, so let, let's go ahead and uh, address that sand warm. So, yes, I have seen uh, the, the movie. So I saw it uh, yesterday. There, there was a screening in, in Seattle. So uh, we got the opportunity to... Uh, uh, to see that on on the big screen, and uh, yeah, I I posted about that on on Twitter earlier today. Like I was just uh, uh, blown away. I I loved uh, everything about it. It was uh, an immersive ex experience. Um, yeah, it's just you know we, we we had seen a lot in the promo uh, materials, so we we all of us saw saw the IMAX uh, exclusive uh, preview. Uh, we've seen. All the promos, of course, because we're we're doing the show and we're talking about everything that, that's coming up. So we we have seen seen a lot, but the movie is so much more than that. Like there was so much to absorb in in that two and a half uh, hours. You know, I was like trying to keep notes that I could refer to later and keep track of everything. It's just like such a uh, like everything, like the visuals, the the audio, like just trying to absorb as much as possible. But I'm yeah definitely going to have to see this many more times and and will want to see this uh multiple times uh uh going forward but yeah like i'm sure like all, all of you guys are gonna you're gonna love it hey you know Mar marcus my question and i don't think this is a spoiler question is i i've heard it's dense there's a lot of a lot of material to take in is that what makes you want to go back and see it a second time? Or is it the visual and otherworldly experience of the film? Yeah, I'd say it's a, a bit of both. I mean, like it's it's uh, visually, uh, audio, um, everything is like a, a feast for the, for the senses. So like there, there's so much uh, coming in, like every scene, you know, like you, you can step back, you're thinking, okay, like, uh, oh, uh, like I, I hear something in the in the audio and then I, I see this this detail there. Like, for example, we saw that in, in the breakfast scene about like the paintings and all these little details and you're picking up on all of that. So th there, there's a lot of... Um, I guess um, visual uh, stimulation and like trying to take in everything that's uh, that's going on, uh, but the, the story itself that there there is a a lot going on and like uh, in the in the conversations uh, that are happening, like uh, and I I won't spoil this but like everybody knows that uh, you know this this is part one of the of the of the book basically and are adapting that and there are major characters that are not appearing in part one yet but there are references to those 
uh, to those characters and you already get a sense for what type of people they, they are and like how powerful uh, they are and like what their perspective are. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's just so much to pick up from in terms of people's motivations, um, in, in terms of like the, the, the body language, the, the plots. But at the same time, I, I did have the feeling that it was uh, accessible. Um, so I think even for, for people who, who don't know the story, that there is definitely some amount of exposition. And I'm going to talk about it in, in my review because I have thoughts about like how they, they handle that. Uh, but I think with the way that they handle that, people will be able to understand that, you know, this is the story of these, this, uh, these, these two uh, rival houses and they've been rivals for hundreds of, of years. And now, you know, things are coming to, to a head on the planet of Arrakis that the conflict is going to play out there. And um, you understand about how Paul's role, role in all of this. And then, of course, the, the Fremen people, like how we're, we're going to see uh, more of their, their perspective in, in the movie. Without going in full spoiler mode, can you tell us your favorite scene or like the best performance you think? The scene in the still tent. Uh, so I don't want to go into a lot of that, but like that, that, that was like when I think back, I'm, you know, you know, I probably have to watch the movie a couple more times, but, but that scene like stood out the most to me. There, there's just so much in that scene in terms of what, what's happening there, but also what's happening beyond that scene, like all, all in that, uh, that moment. So that's, that's definitely my, my favorite. And, and it is a key point, right? Because when, when you think about the, the Dune novel, uh, part, uh, part one ends at the, at the still tent. So it's sort of the climax of, uh, of the story at that point. Uh, favorite performances, I, I guess it's going to be no surprise, but um, th this, this film was, um, was focusing on, on the characters of, of Paul and Jessica. And I feel like uh, Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson, they, they just uh, hit, it, hit it out of the, the park. Like their, their emotional connection, the relationship between the, the two of them, like how um, Rebecca, like uh, Ferguson, like how you could tell her, her character was, was feeling the things that, that Paul was, was feeling. It was just like re really, really touching performance. But I, I just have to emphasize that like all, all around, like all these performances, I, I, I was impressed. I, I didn't feel that like anybody like uh gave a less good performance if, if i can say that i don't even know <laughs> i don't even know if i have anything to ask you just because there's so much i could ask um geez uh oh here's a here's a good one and it's not really too spoilery um the score because you had listened to it so much already i'm curious how you thought it worked on screen of course in tandem with the uh you know the images yeah yeah that, that, that's a good question because i i talked about the score earlier when, when they did, did the review episode and i i really enjoyed the music I, I was saying that i i even enjoyed the sketchbook more because i felt that that's something that you can listen to like on the go and like isolated for a movie and like the, this the score i really love how unique it is it's maybe not something i would listen to it all the time but in terms of like the score of this movie it was it was perfect it like really helped like immerse me into this situation. Like we really are like 20,000 years in the future. Like uh, the, the cultures are, are different. The, the sounds are different. Um, like the mysticism of it, because you, you, you have the, the sense of the, the Bene Gesserit and also, um, yeah, so some of the other uh, religious organizations there and, and how, how they're influencing the, the music. Uh, so I felt it just came perfectly together with, with the visuals and, and accompanied uh, uh, what was going on the screen. And uh, we've, we've heard people talk about before about the aspect of uh, leitmotifs in the movie. And I don't know if, if you like look at a strict, strict definition, if, if that's what you'd say, but you definitely did, did feel that because, you know, when the, when the trades arrive, you know, there's a certain song that's playing, like you, you probably know which one in the, in the soundtrack that is. And then later on in, in battle, when, you know, they're referencing the trades, that same music plays. So I, I did feel like, and we, we talked about that earlier with the, with the Ben Jesuit, you know, like how the scene with, uh, with uh, Duke Leto and Lady Jessica, when you know when Leto says uh, the Benedictor, you you hear that that theme. So th there is that sort of pattern throughout the movie, and I and I really felt it it added a lot. So yeah, uh, I I mentioned this like I, I was I think every aspect of the movie just came together perfectly, and uh, the whole is is greater than the sum of the parts. Ah man, well <laughs> I. I... I would love to just dissect your your brain on this for hours and hours, but I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that at least for myself, and I just can't wait to uh, 
to see it again. How many, how many tickets do you have already? Or have you decided you're going to go see? Yeah. So I have, um, potentially like one or two tickets lined up depending on on like what what happens in the workplace and mm-hmm. um yeah let, let's let's maybe mention that so so you you saw some news about hbo max as well i know that we're not going to talk about yeah. like the details but like about the timing yeah 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 so um there was a notification that went out for the hbo max app and this evening actually just shortly before the show and basically it said um dune is coming and there's special previews for HBO Max, and that means just essentially it will be on the streaming service, not on Friday, not at midnight Friday, 3 a.m. Uh, East Coast or whatever, but actually at 6 p.m. on Thursday, uh, October 21st, coinciding with the first screenings in theaters here in the U.S. So um, I believe they did this with the Suicide Squad as as well. Mm-hmm. Um I think, and I actually think as far as Thursday, even movie showings at the theater, I think that Suicide Squad was the only one that got that this year. Um, but yeah, so that's just another cool thing. Um, you know, early access, it'll be nice. I tweeted this, but, you know, some people were complaining about it, or at least, if, you know, a couple of people that I saw, they were like, wow, they're just really, uh, you know, trying to get at, at Villeneuve and, and they're putting out even earlier on HBO Max. There's like no exclusivity at all. Um, and to that, I just kind of think, I think anyone that's going and already has a ticket to see and wants to see Dune Thursday night is not going to be dissuaded by <laughs> HBO Max having it early as well. I think that's just like an added bonus. And then if someone happens to see on HBO Max that night um, that maybe doesn't know about Dune or isn't really that familiar with it, they might just throw it on. And, you know, it's a marginal difference, yeah. but um, I think it's, it's going to be a benefit to me personally. So. I can't complain. I think a lot of people probably get some benefit out of it and will already either have tickets or are still going to go anyway. Yeah. And, and as, as I was mentioning earlier, I, I feel like I, I have to, and I want to see this movie multiple more times. So the fact that I've now seen it in cinema, because actually it was uh, getting tricky for me to find a ticket on Thursday because of like, uh, you know, I wanted to see it in, in IMAX and there, there weren't any theaters near me. And on a Thursday evening, it will be difficult to go also to the city. So now that I've seen it on the big screen, you know, I'm going to feel comfortable watching it on HBO Max on Thursday, then going back to the cinema on Friday. Um, and then hope, hopefully like a, another uh, session the, the, the next week, as, as mentioned, like with, with some other people. So yeah, like th- definitely plan to see this uh, many more times. And I can, can guarantee you, like, uh, you know, if, if you're watching the show, pre- be prepared to watch this movie more than once for, for sure. <laughs> well, that was going to be one of my next questions is the next time, the next time we go to a theater or are you doing HBO Max next time? Oh, there you go. I think you answered it. And I think a couple of people were probably interested in knowing, are you going to do theater, theater, HBO Max? So I'm curious to know what you think after you saw it in the theater and then HBO mm. Max. It's like a sandwich. You got bread, you got the meat, <laughs> and that is the HBO Max, and then you got more bread. Hey, they weren't kidding when they said same day release, I guess, on their mm. taglines for those movies. And we, we've already talked about that, like the past episode. So like, we're not going to rethread that, that ground, but yeah. Um, so yeah, re- re- really, really excited. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be writing my, my detailed review for this, for the site next week. And of course on the, on the following shows, we're going to be going into every, every little, little detail. So look forward to some special episodes coming up uh, in the week after. Um, so with that said, we do want to cover some, some other movie news as, as well this, uh, this episode. Uh, so the first story that I wanted to look back at is like last week we did get our final uh, final trailer. So Garen my, and myself we were recording a special episode uh, with, um, with with Jack uh, Jack Rita talking about the uh, the Gale Force uh, Nine uh, Dune board game and the, the trailer dropped at that time. So we, we already gave our views. So let's uh, hear from you first, uh, Johnny. Like looking at this this final trailer, what did you think about it? Uh, like uh, compared to the other trailers. Yeah. Um, so this is our third and final. Um, and this was something that I had, I think I'd alluded to on the show, potentially, yeah. um, that there, there's a possibility that they were going to do this just because um, we were building toward the U.S. release and, and the release in many other markets as well. Tickets were on sale. Um, and oftentimes with these big movies, they might drop, you know, one final like kind of buzzy trailer just to kind of get people's attention. And sure enough, they did. I wasn't sure if they were, but uh, it did drop. And I really liked it. I mean, I, I have really liked all three of these trailers. 
uh, for different reasons and because they kind of try to do their own thing and they're not necessarily copying the other one or trying to do, you know, appeal uh, in the exact same way as like maybe other blockbuster like trailers would. Um, and it's hard to say because I mean, that first initial trailer is always going to be special because it's like the first time you ever get to see any footage. Um, and then of course we got the trailer uh, after us for went to go see the um, IMAX preview. So we were the first to see that. And then we got to see a little bit more. Um, and then this one is really just kind of like the final push, like into people's faces, <laughs> people that might not be familiar with Dune or maybe, maybe have been paying attention until just now. Um, it, it says, you know, Hey, Denny Villeneuve, acclaimed director, this is coming on this date. This is going to be the next, you know, star Wars, the next Lord of the Rings. Um, and it really presses upon the characters, the narrative, um, and it and highlights action. It highlights, um, you know, the kind of grand, um, heroic kind of aspects to the story that we all are familiar with, um, but maybe we'll play slightly differently in the actual movie. Um, and so I think it just strikes a different tone than the other two. And I think that is a good thing because you don't want to just repeat the same thing over again. And it also, I think, is important with the trailer, especially at this stage in the marketing, is it didn't show too much. It didn't show too much more. It, we got a lot of familiar scenes, a lot of familiar shots, um, but sprinkled in some new stuff uh, to you know get your attention, especially as fans. We've been paying attention to literally every single thing. So to get just a little bit new goodies was uh, you know a pleasant surprise as well. And I just really liked, I really liked the, the, like the visual that they were using. I think it's the one that they're using during the credits of the movie as well, or at least something similar to it. Um, and I liked the poll quote they used. I thought that was, you know, kind of attention grabbing, especially for like a general like audience member. Uh, and of course, I always like to see Villeneuve uh, get some attention in these things too. So yeah, I thought it all really worked well together. The music was, was nice. It wasn't Hans Zimmer's score. It was just some, you know, more traditional trailer music. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good little drop in it. I mean, it had people talking that day and you know, millions of views on YouTube and whatnot. So job done, I would say. Uh, I don't think I was blown away as much as the other ones because I feel it's more scenes that we've seen just mashed up in a different way. But I like that it gives us the story. I do like that quote. This is the next Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. But in my inner voice was like, well, this was before Star Wars. I don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> about, but I get it. Um, it's great. It's a really good final trailer to push. Hey, remember, this is coming out. Here's the Cliff Notes version of what you need to know. It's not so abstract like the other ones trying to put the piece together. I feel like you can actually tell the story. But apparently we haven't seen anything, according to Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that makes me happy. That makes me really happy that even with all the footage that we've seen, and I feel like in the past month, month and a half, marketing has been everywhere. And I was having a conversation with someone and they're like, oh, I don't think they're doing a good job with marketing. I was like, what? What are you talking about? You're insane. Like, I feel like Warner Brothers has spent more money on marketing on this than Suicide Squad, you know, King Kong, any of their big like summer hits. But I, I liked it. I was just like, cool. Once again, can I just get the movie? Wait. It was good. Yeah, and um, yeah. Sp speaking of the the final trailer, so I talked about it uh, last week. Um, like at, at that point, you know, I, I really liked the trailer, but I wasn't sure if it was uh, my favorite trailer. But I'm I'm still not wouldn't say it, but it's it's definitely growing on me. Like as as I've uh, seen it, I think what Johnny mentioned, you know, it's that final final push. Like uh, it's it's not the music from the film, but it's like a really epic movie that uh, music that invites people, you know, like, OK, like this is something you, you have to say. So, yeah, that, that definitely uh, they did a good good job on that. Um, Darren, so I know that we, we talked about this already last week. Did you have any further thoughts like uh, like a little bit of over a week later or is there any other stuff that's come out recently that, that really caught your eye? You know, honestly, I, I agree with Simon. There's been so much marketing material so many promos it's almost hard to remember as we were preparing for the show uh we were kind of commenting on some of these promos and, we're, and we have to kind of go back and go now which one was that there's so many of them <laughs> um I, I know that uh on dune is now uh, there was posted an article specifically about the behind the scenes with jason momoa where he's actually on the set it looks like they're they're near uh in jordan or abu dhabi and 
And he's just so, if I didn't think Jason was already such a huge fan of Denis and of this project, when you see this promo video, you just, he's just over the moon about this. And it's kind of interesting to see a, uh, an A-list actor like Jason Momoa almost act like a kid being so excited to be on the set on this film. And I don't know, maybe you guys remember, I don't know that Jason was a, was a Dune fan before. I'm not sure he was even familiar with, with the story like some of the, some of the other actors may have been. But his level of excitement and enthusiasm and energy, uh, I don't know, Marcus, does that come out in Duncan, Idaho? Does that enthusiasm translate onto the, onto the screen with him? Yeah, I mean that that was that was definitely one of one of the strong strong performances. I think uh, he he definitely uh, appears more in, in this adaptation than any of the earlier adaptations. And uh, yeah, I, I felt like his 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 presence was was really strong on on the screen. Uh, got to see like we we saw the clip already with with him talking with Timothy Chalamet, and that that gets expanded um, on further. But yeah, like, like I just love seeing like how authentic uh, he he seems in, in that clip because um, he, he also appeared on the Tonight Show with, with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I'm not sure if it was pre-recorded because like it was a virtual uh, appearance, but there he was talking about like how how he actually got the, the part. And apparently like uh, he, he got uh, called up. He didn't know anything about it. And uh, Denis apparently had him in bind for the role and was pitching him the, the idea of, of Dune. So it's, it's possible, yeah, that, that he... You know, like he maybe he wasn't a big fan or he didn't know as much about it. Uh, but clearly, like, uh, uh, yeah, Villeneuve had, had him in mind for, for that role uh, specifically. Um, Johnny, look, looking at that uh, behind the scenes clip, what, what was your reaction? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I love Jason Momoa. He has his own YouTube channel. And so he kind of and he really loves documenting. He always has someone with a camera with him. So. Um, he's had a couple of previous to this where he's talked about Dune, or I remember even when they were filming, I think he had some uh, a couple of years ago when they were out in, uh, in Jordan. So that was really cool. It's kind of like full circle now. And, uh, but yeah, his enthusiasm, I mean, we've known at this point how much he loves Denis and how much he loves the fact that he got to make this movie and he would really, he was, he would have done it for free probably um, if he, if he could have, but um he even says uh, he has a funny line in the uh in the video where he says i just like i just want to get coffee for the guy <laughs> um so he really does like really respect Denis, and he goes into a lot of detail about him as a filmmaker and like how he feels on set with him in the collaborative process um whether it's you know action you know coordinating like fight scenes and stuff or just simple dialogue scenes um, and then of course, getting to see the sets and the costumes and the props. I thought that was really awesome. The locations as Garen pointed out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just great. Some really cool images just of him on set and with Denis and Denis himself, um, that we just haven't seen before. And I think that's great that, uh, an actor is kind of taking the, someone actually in the movie is taking that kind of initiative to uh, document it and, and show how much, how special the, the whole experience was. So that, that was really great. Um, I pulled some quotes that I really liked from it, some pictures and, and posted about that. And uh, yeah, it's just great. I, I, I'm not, we're not going to be going into any spoilers, but I, I really love Jason Momoa and I love that he's playing Duncan Idaho. And I just love, I can't wait to see him in the entire movie. As you said, he's going to be in this one more than, than any uh, previous adaptation. So um, I think he, he's definitely going to be a fan favorite. I think he's going to be one of the things people will come out of the movie talking about probably. You know, Duncan's my favorite character, and we've talked about before when Jason was cast. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. But seeing <laughs> that little documentary, you know, Jason Momoa's vlog, it was a beautiful, like, little love letter to filmmaking, especially to Denis, you know, and just to have good fun. I think I love seeing Jason on set with his guitar just <laughs> in the middle of filming, like, but it looks, once again, they had a great time and they really, everyone that worked on this film respects Denis. You know, if we see actors and actresses keep mentioning Denis, there has to be a reason why. And I think Denis brought out the best performance of all these characters, you know. So I love his little vlogs. I wish he would do that for more movies. I think... A big reason why Jason is not on the press circuits right now is because I think they're working on Aquaman too. Yeah. And I think mm. that's why he can't do like all the late night shows in person. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, Xiaomi is officially Wonka. I hit the internet the other day. <laughs> well, what's what stood out to me, like, and, and that's the title that I gave the article when we covered this on, on, on the website, um, the article written, written by, uh, by James, um, was, uh, yeah, that, that this, this clip, it just shows passion. And, like, if you, if you look at uh, Jason Momoa, like, his, his enthusiasm, his excitement to be involved here, and you also see the same thing coming from uh, Denis Villeneuve, like, uh, um, that, that's, you know, you know, just like love to see that, that raw emotion. Like, of course we had to censor it for the site, but when he's just like, uh, you know, shouting on the, like, uh, <laughs> like, and looking at the view of the desert, you're like, just, uh, you know, he, he's just in amazement and like, he goes, goes and gives uh, Denis a hug. I mean, it's, it's, it's just really touching. And I think that that's important, like j- just going beyond Dune for a second. I mean, I, I think having that passion in like anything you're, you're doing, I think it, it's so, so key. I think it can, can carry carry you so far uh like you know what, what are you talking about achievement or 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 other things i think just like having that that with you it's it's so important and i think it's really important for for people to find that that passion and like really channel it into something that they they enjoy doing hey marcus there was another promo or, or a behind the scenes and I, I forget who the executive director or executive producer was and he was talking about how at the film at the at the set on jordan they had an international cast. They had a lot of crew from from local crew from Jordan, and how he mentions that everyone just came together. There was just this harmonious experience that everyone had making this film. And I personally would chalk that up to Denis himself because I think his personality just engenders that kind of cooperative atmosphere for for a production crew. But you know, you, you you match the the excitement and the passion of these actors like Jason with the right personality in Denis, and then this larger, greater cast of production and, and actors and supporting actors, and everyone is is sort of hitting it on all cylinders. You know, I'd I'd like to believe that's one of the reasons this is working. Um, you've got all the elements, you know, in harmony. Yeah, I mean, it, to to that point, Garen, specifically, I think there's the big Entertainment Weekly uh, cover story that just came out today. And the, really the focus of the article was kind of talking about, talked to a lot of the cast, pretty much all the main cast, and just about their experience on the movie and working with Denis and working with each other and like the family atmosphere. And that was something that they just repeated over and over and over again. And uh, Oscar Isaac said, you know, specifically, like it comes from the top. And so that's Denis, of course. And he just the environment he creates and like how he is as a collaborator and, you know, and all the different roles that he has in this movie, um, both official and unofficial. I think that, yeah, that's definitely a huge part. Um, And when it, it when you have people, so many different people that are just like so crazy talented in one you know, project and they all are kind of like saying the same along the same thing and just, but in their own different way and with their own experience. I mean, the way Jason Momoa talks about Denis and Dune is like very different from like Rebecca Ferguson or Oscar Isaac or Sharon Duncan Brewster, but it's, it all has that same energy and vibe to it. And I think that's, that's like the most telling thing and, and very promising, not only for this movie, but hopefully for the future as well. That was an Entertainment Weekly cover story. I thought it was the new Gap catalog. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fall time on Arrakis and winter time fashion on Caladan. Um, but honestly, it's the knee. Like, if you have someone that supports your team and a good team lead, and that's what the knee is. He's their leader. You know, he's he's the Wedge and Tillies of this X-Wing unit. And you see that if people work and respect their leader, then they'll work harder. I always say, you know, happy employees, happy workers. And that's at the end of the day, you know, let's face it. Denis is the boss. I mean, he might be the manager because Warner Brothers is the boss (laughs) boss, right? But you got these employees that need to work with him. And if he shows them respects, they'll show him respect. I think Denis is just an all around giant teddy bear you know he's a canadian polar bear (laughs) (laughs) 
like when you hear how he how he got people together it seems like he he had a lot of these people in mind or like he he had a plan and vision for what type of people he was looking for and he, he definitely put a, a great great team together you can see it and i i love seeing that that uh, the interview like the video that they they had with the with the entertainment weekly uh story and you, you definitely feel that like you know they, they all get along they they all enjoyed uh, working with, with each other i also want to mention uh, one of my favorite spots because everybody knows i'm such an ornithopter fan but there was a, <laughs> there was a, a tv spot called always um where Liat kynes is is answering the question you know do the worms always come they always do and i just thought this was i, I was laying in bed and i just showed my wife this promo and it was like this is the coolest thing <laughs> And what I like about it is it almost has kind of this uh, World War II, you know, they're, the, the fighters are getting, you know, charged up and ready to go out and, and fight. And it, it almost just harkened back to like, you know, X-Wing fighter sort of stuff, or even like World War II, you know, fighter planes. And I just love that we're marrying these really good performances, this really powerful story with just downright cool imagery like that promo i just think and okay so i'm just gonna have to ask marcus here we go i, I feel like you're the emperor and i'm approaching the throne to ask the question but is is the ornithopter does it get its due on screen because that's the best design that i've ever seen yeah uh Totally. Like, I, I mean, the, the ornithopters really stood out. I mean, like every, everything that had to do with, with the, the sets and the, and the vehicles, the locations, because we're, we're not only in the rackets, we get to see a lot of Caledon, we get to see a lot of uh, some other locations as well. But when you talk about the, the vehicles, the, those ornithopters, as I've mentioned before, like th these are going to be I iconic, you know, like I can see for the next years as, you know, the, the Doom movies are, are coming out, this is going to be like one of the really recognizable elements. And the, the really cool thing is, is that there were there were different uh, ornithopter models. So you you, you had like the, the ones that the the Trades were using. You had the, the ones that the Harkonnens were using, which were more like the the TAC um, uh, ornithopters. And then you you had the, the one that uh, that Paul and Jessica were, were using when they when they they made their their, their getaway. Uh, so yeah, it really seems that they they went all out to, to recreate like that. Th these are these. Uh, like uh, ubiquitous uh, vehicles in the Dune universe, and there's like multiple variations of them, and they're they're really important. And like the the, the style with the dragonfly fly wings, like uh, we really got a lot to see of that, and in several tense moments as well. <laughs> okay, good. Say no more. But I, I just want to know <laughs> that that really because I think they're that promo is trying to actually promote kind of the Dune tech. You know, it's like mm. there's going to be an exciting experience of this new futuristic vehicle stuff you know so yeah anyway that was one of my favorites of, of the week i love that hearing that there's three different design and you know when i read it i always thought the harkonnen and the atreides version were slightly different so that right there already makes me happy and yes when i saw that spot i was like mm, i wonder who's excited about this who's giving it a million views just <laughs> by themselves yeah to, um garen i was thinking the same thing like with that that one spot in particular it gave me funny enough it gave me like top gun vibes yeah, was the one i was, was the thing i thought gun. yeah because and who knows marcus would obviously know not not who knows marcus knows in the actual movie i would i would imagine it you know i don't know how it's presented or the sound and the music and everything when all this is going on but like you have because you have like the ground crew out there by the ornithopters like it's not just the actors getting in on their own and like that's it there's like you know probably some tower somewhere where they're like oh we okay we have this many stoppers in there someone's coming to land all that um but like yeah this even just the sound of the wings like going back and extending and and like the windows opening and closing like it's just yeah i i can't wait like this and the sound design and the effects in particular really stood out to me as well um and yeah, just, it was more than I was expecting. There's even a shot. I don't know if this is from the same spot or not, but there was another thing that I saw in the last week where they, they take off, like they take off together, almost like you're like Black Hawk down. It reminded me of that. Like they had just all lift up together. And then there's a shot of them in the desert as well. Like, uh, cause they even talked about, I can't remember if this was in, might've been one of the uh, cinematography magazines that articles that came out lately it was talking about how they had helicopters in the desert 
and they were filming like helicopter to helicopter. So they would be having helicopters, like a fleet of them. And then they would have a, a camera copter that would record. And then in later on, they replaced the actual helicopters with the ornithopters. So it's like all like realistic as it would have to be in real life if you were actually going to film it. Um, so, but there is a shot where there it's helicopter to helicopter and there's like a row of thopters and they're going across the desert. It just felt very like it just, those little details make it feel so much more real. And so I, you know, I'm getting some more excitement from Garen because he's so buzzed about these, these ornithopters, but they are very, very cool. Like they are iconic, at least in science fiction. So now they're coming to the big screen in such a big way. Um, that, yeah, that's absolutely one of the things I think people are, again, are going to be thinking about or talking about afterward. At least one or two of you have mentioned this this before, but that's that's another of the reasons that you you probably do want to experience this first on the big screen, like if, if it's possible, uh, because like the, the, the ornithopters, there are certain scenes where you, you see, you know, these, for example, the three ornithopters going across the desert or you see like some uh, in flight. And like, of course, on the big screen, like you, you see like every every single detail like and you see the, the vastness that's that's beyond that i'm sure like on the on a small screen you you know you'll still enjoy it but you're not like you know just because of the size you're, you're not like seeing everything so so yeah i, I think from from that perspective like i can imagine that the um, like seeing in theaters you're, you're you're getting more out of those at least the the grander scale uh scenes as well let's actually go to our last story for today which is um the box office updates um so let me actually go over to, to you, Johnny. So like the last time we discussed this, you know, Dune had crossed 100 million after its uh, third weekend. And, you know, it hasn't premiered in any additional countries, but it's, it's kept, um, kept going. So uh, what, what's, what's the big news out of, uh, as of last weekend, the fourth weekend? Yeah, well, the, the main news is that it's continuing to make money, um, even despite, as we've mentioned in the past, you know, movies like Venom or No Time to Die coming out. Um, the holds that it's having week in a weekend are really impressive. Um, again, with the competition, with it being out for so long, um, and also to consider, you know, as you as you mentioned, as far as the overall growth and what it's bringing in, there there aren't, haven't been any new markets. It's been what it's been for about two and a half weeks now, I think. So, um, continuing to just get repeat viewers to get new viewers. That's again just showing how strong the word of mouth is in some of these markets where. It is continuing to bring in those numbers. Um, and right now, I, I believe the global toll is sitting at around 117 million, I think. Um, so, you know, by the time it comes out here, 130. Uh, and we're also getting new markets this week as well. So it's going to continue to get money in, in the markets that it, it's already in. But we're going to have additional markets, um, pretty big ones, especially Japan is going to be the primary one. I believe that's on the 15th. Um, so there's a this coming weekend is going to be the biggest update in you know the last two or three weeks as far as the box office goes. That'll be very interesting to see. That could put them over 130, getting close to 140, 150 million worldwide. So yeah, by the time it comes out here next week, it'll, they'll be in a very um, you know promising position. Uh, by the end of opening weekend here in the US, as well as China and everywhere else, it'll be well over 200 million. Um, so yeah, all things pointing to good. Um, and also, we did get a little bit of information as well with regards to U.S. sales, finally. I don't know. People had been talking about this. Um, the news, the first thing that came out yesterday, which is what I had mentioned and tweeted about, that was that the pre-sales, at, at least in the U.S., had been doing really well um, as far as the pandemic, which is, you know, the last year and a half at this point. Plus, um, it has the best of any movie that is not in the MCU. So uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and now Eternals, because Eternals tickets have been on sale. Those are the three biggest. And then fourth is Dune. Um, and we know Eternals in its first 24 hours in the US sold $2.6 million worth of tickets. Black Widow was second at 2 million. Shang-Chi was at 1.4 million. So I would assume Dune in its first 24 hours at about a million or so in ticket sales in the US. And at, at, as of now, as of yesterday, as a matter of fact, as of this reporting, it's at around over three and a half million in sales. Um, so really strong there, really strong, particularly in IMAX and other large formats like Dolby and real, you know, real D 3d, all these other things. So that's really promising. Um, and as of right now, it's poised to be pretty easily the biggest Warner brothers, um, opening weekend domestically of 
the entire year and last year, of course, because the pandemic didn't really have much of anything. And really the biggest going back to Joker, which came out over two years ago now, October, October uh, 2019. That movie, of course, biggest movie opening ever in October, close to 100 million. I think it was like 96 million. Dune is not going to be anywhere close to that, but it'll be in the neighborhood of, you know, 30s, 40s, potentially higher, depending how the next because nine or nine to eight days still left to go. It's going to be ramping up because the closer you get to the release, the more people buy tickets for pre-sale. Um, so this time next week, we'll have an even better idea of what opening weekends going to look like. And fingers crossed, no matter what people say, no matter what the final projections are, they'll be above that. And of course, HBO Max numbers are going to be figured in as well. We mentioned at the top of the show, they will be streaming on Thursday. So extra six hours for people to hop on if they want to or throw it on, leave it on the background, whatever. Um, to to you know, make the powers that be happy about their uh, their streaming service performance. But yeah, all around very promising, continues to be promising, but no major advancements um, until this coming week. Next episode will be uh, interesting to look at then. And looking at other uh, recent domestic releases, so of course we had uh, Venom, which completely blew away its, its first weekend, and then you had like uh, No Time to Die, which did well, but was like, I guess, under projections. Where, where, where do you think Dune will be closer to? Well, it's definitely going to be, I tweeted this yesterday as well, as I think that, you know, Bond, I'm not going to say Bond underperformed. I, I don't think that their projections were very realistic or... Um, I don't know why they went so high. Was it people were like, oh, it's going to, it's going to top Venom. It's going to be close to hundred million. It could be a hundred million. It, Bond, there had been, you know, a, there were a number of reasons to doubt why Bond was. One of the primary factors with the Bond was that um, the audience for Bond is typically older, like considerably older um, because it is such a, a longstanding franchise. It is a more, more mature franchise compared to something like, you know, Star Wars or the MCU. Um, so it, we're in a pandemic, a lot of older folks don't want to go to the movie theater right now. Um, the vast majority of the time that I've been in the last year, it's been younger people. It's been teenagers, people in their twenties and thirties, um, younger families, things like that. So that makes sense that Venom would be doing way better than no time to die. Cause they're largely different. Um, but 56 million, again, I think it's still a solid number where Dune right now it's sitting I think the first projection we got like a week or two ago was right around mid thirties, 35 million to 40 into the forties. Um, I think that's still a solid basis, I think for the time being, but I do think, again, this is a movie people have been underestimating a lot and kind of being, um, you know, conservative with projections and numbers. And there is some basis for that, you know, Dune not necessarily being the reason more so the HBO max factor, they're going to want to underscore it um, because they have kind of gone overboard with maybe like the Suicide Squad, for instance, that one underperformed, um, as well as In the Heights, some other big Warner Brothers movies this year. Um, I think they're going to be so conservative and they're going to be like, oh, you know, we've been doubting Dune all along. We don't really want to go and say, oh, well, it's going to be doing this well now. Um, I think that it's going to come in above projections. I would say at this point, you know, 35 million, I think, is pretty much in the bag, I think. And 35 million is... I think the marker because 34 million was Godzilla versus Kong in its four day opening weekend in the U S um, which is the biggest since Joker, it's the biggest of the year for them. I think that would be a solid, solid victory in that department. Um, but I really do think it's going to be at least in the forties of all things go perfectly according to plan. It overperforms every single day overperforms with pre-sales. I could see it being upward of into a 50 range um, and I said yesterday, or the tweet I was talking about was, I could see it being closer to Bond than people expected. You know, last week people were like, oh, well, Bond could beat Venom. Bond's going to be very close to Venom. It could be the biggest Bond opening ever. Um, I never really saw that happening. Now, going into next week and as of this week, it's kind of like, well, could, could, you know, could Dune be close to Bond? Could it be big, you know, in that range? And I think it, it very well could be. Um, how big it can go remains to be seen, but um, the numbers so far, again, are, are promising. I think that there's any chance that uh, the HBO Max factor might affect people going the second and third time to a theater. Yeah, so um, the answer is definitely because that's what we've seen with all of the day and date releases, particularly for HBO Max. 
this year, the weekend drop-offs for the second weekend have been like brutal, way worse than they usually are. And that's because when you're talking about people going to the theater to repeat in the past, if the movie's not on streaming, well, if you want to see the movie again, you have to go to the theater. You don't have another choice. Um, now you can just sit at home, watch it again, like, oh, throw it on, throw it on again, throw it on again. With Dune, though, I am optimistic that it will be one of the best, if not the best, like could easily be the best as far as the second weekend drop off goes for two reasons. One being there's no competition the second weekend, re- no real competition. It is going to be the only big IMAX film in theaters still in the second weekend, similar to how Bond is going to be this weekend. Um, and so it's going to keep those large formats uh, as well as the fact it's PG-13. So it's it's going to be playing to wide audiences. It's an action-adventure film. It's not a rated R horror film like Halloween Kills or Last Night in Soho or anything like that. It has the star power, has the effects, all those things that people want to go see. And also, I think it's going to be a film where I think people, if they do go see it in the theater and they are they do really like it, they will want to go see it again. They will want to go see it. Maybe if they see it in a normal theater, they're like, well, let me go and sh- like shelf for IMAX this time. Let me go out and, and, and see what that's like, see how different that is. Or people will see it in, in IMAX the first time and they'll be like, wow, that was like amazing. That's like one of the best theater experiences I've had, you know, in years since the pandemic or whatever. I'm, I want to go again or I want to take my friend or I want to go with, you know, I, I tell a friend that I, you know, that they should go see it and then they end up going to see it and I go see it with them. There's a lot of, of reasons I think that'll be bad. Those are like the, the two primary ones I can think of. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's reason for optimism in that department, but I think there's no, no question that is going to affect it. Um, to what degree, I think not as much. And, and part of this also to consider is that the word of mouth has been very strong in the markets where it has been released. Now, granted, they don't have the HBO Max option in the markets where it's been released, but because that shows the word of mouth is so strong and people do like it so much and, and they are, uh, you know, maybe telling other people about it and then other people go see it. That is reason for optimism with regards to how the word of mouth carries into the U.S. Um, now the U.S. is its own beast and its own market, but I do think that it's uh, in a better position than pretty much any other movie that has come out from Warner Brothers and with the HBO Max deal so far. People will eventually give the word of mouth and, you know, as more stuff opens up and feel people feel more comfortable of going out, um, I know I'm very much a hermit like Obi-Wan, but I I know I would be the first one to be like, hey, friend, have you heard of Dune? Do you want to go see it? Because I will be more than happy to see it. With you. <laughs> like I said, just randomly word of mouth. I'm going with a couple of team members on Friday morning after I see a Thursday night six o'clock showing. I think my excitement has got them excited about it. <laughs> It's interesting because at work, like one of the leads the other day was like, hey, I saw the trailer for Dune. It looks pretty good. Like, you're going to go see it, right? I'm like, yeah, you should go see it. You should see it. And if you like it, you should watch it a second time or watch it on HBO Max. You know, I'm encouraging people that I know that are not big movie theater fans or, you know, like going out. I'm like, hey, do you have HBO Max? It's on there. You know, watch it on there. Just as long as you watch it, the numbers will show. And I think word of mouth will help this movie. And, and Simon, you also pointed out a good thing too, is people talking about people going out and talking about the pandemic itself. Um, coming into like during the summertime, it was really when Black Widow came out and then the Suicide Squad came out shortly thereafter in like late July, early August, then through August. That was when... Delta was really like kicking off and people were freaking out (laughs) and, you know, masks were really like, okay, people need to start wearing these and all all these other things. Um, So that was a big factor, like for the Suicide Squad, for example, that was a big, that was a huge film for Warner Brothers. And that movie suffered immensely, I think for, you know, again, a couple of reasons, but they, the timing of that release was unfortunate and the way that that happened now I mean, look at the numbers for Venom. <laughs> I mean, look look at the numbers for Venom. Look at the numbers for No Time to Die, which are, again, exceedingly good. Um, people are comfortable with going back to the theater. You just have to show something 
that they are interested in and that they think that they might like. Um, and if the word, again, word of mouth is a huge thing. If they, people are saying it's good, if they see TV spots where the reviews are just glowing and Rotten Tomatoes, it's certified on Rotten Tomatoes now, everyone. Um, then all these elements, they, you know, they might give that little push. Hey, I am going to go see this in the theater. I am going to go see it in IMAX. I've seen so many people on Twitter say, you know, I haven't been to an IMAX movie in years, but I'm going to go see this in IMAX. I can't wait to see Dune in IMAX. I'm not, I haven't been this excited since Endgame to see a movie in theaters. Um, this is my first time going back to the cinema, you know, since the start of the pandemic. So many different things. I think, yeah, to all what Garen's saying, what to Simon is saying, all these things add up. And I think is, again, a reason for optimism in general. That's, uh, that's all for, uh, for Dune Talk uh, this week. So we already gave our first impressions, but really excited to... Yeah, have, have wait, a wait, wait a second. <laughs> One of us gives our first impression. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, there's four of us. There's three of us that only dream of Cal Arrakis right now. Some of us have. One of us has experienced Arrakis. Just saying. Thank, thanks, Simon, for sticking up for the rest of us. No problem. Teamwork. Uh, uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Simon. So. Um, yeah, so looking forward to to discuss with all of us once we once we've seen the movie <laughs> and can go in all the 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 details. So as mentioned, we have special episodes uh, uh, coming up. So before we go for today, um, let's start with you, Simon. Where can people find you? I'm available on the internet at S Dowdy on Twitter, Insta. I'm still trying to challenge myself to post a picture every day on Instagram for 2021. Sorry if it's kind of lackluster, but I'm having fun with it. Yes, everyone. Johnny Sobchuk again. Uh, thank you for supporting the show and watching. We are on the home stretch, literally almost here. Um, one week to go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Johnny Sobchuk, on all social media. Um, again, thanks for watching. And this is Garen. You can find me on Twitter at Dune Companion and uh yeah, we really are on the home stretch, and I, I just appreciate uh, the people who interact with the channel, uh, who interact with us, all of us on on Twitter. It's it's good to know we've got Dune fans out there that are as excited as we are. So thanks. Yeah, thanks everybody, and this is uh, Marcus Gabriel, and uh, yeah, you can find me on dunewsnet.com and dunewsnet on Twitter and Instagram. Talk to you next week. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to dunenewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.